Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Let's close our eyes in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this wonderful Sunday. Lord, I want to pray for your presence who would come, Lord. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth. I want to pray, Daddy. Hallelujah. Let every lie of the enemy be exposed today. Let, Father, the Word of God reach our hearts, Lord, and transform us, Father. Every lie, every doubt, every anxiety, everything be exposed today, Father, as the Holy Spirit wants to work in us, Father. I want to pray the truth of God's Word would land, Lord. Hallelujah. Like that good soil. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Last week we saw, um, we, we, uh, we, uh, we saw the aspect of the heart behind giving. Pastor Kavida took us through that session, through that message. How we need to be a cheerful giver. Hallelujah. How we need to be a cheerful giver. How God is a giver. Amen. One of the things that I took home was we cannot outgive God. Really? If God has given so many things for us, I know it, I cannot measure it with my two hands, but if I try to measure it with my two hands, if, if God has given this much, I would be way down whatever I've given. Hallelujah. None of us can outgive what God has given to us. So we give because God is a giver. Look at the person next to you and say, God is a giver. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, um, so God is a, and God is not just a giver, God is a great giver. Amen. I would sometimes tell me, God is a lav- he, he gives lavishly. Amen. The Bible says He has blessed us with every spiritual blessings. And He gave His ble- best. So therefore, God loves to lavishly give. And in Luke chapter 19, verse 8 to 9, in the context of this is Zacchaeus who met Jesus. When he climbed a tree and Jesus said, I'm coming home, Zacchaeus. You know, I was wondering how would house look like Bible does not say Zacchaeus is married. You know, Jesus just invites him home. I don't know, you know, when, uh, you know, when guests used to come to my house and my, when my parents used to tell me, tidy up the room, you know, I used to put all these, uh, uh, the messed up things under the bed sheet or under the bed. I don't know if Zacchaeus did that. But Zacchaeus showed something, he was hiding, you know, something that is in his heart. Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Lord, look Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. If I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, just by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. The Zacchaeus said that he would give Four, uh, fourfold of what he cheated and give half of his money Jesus did not just say hey that's a good idea he said today salvation has come home he was saying you know he was he, Jesus judged the reality of that man's decision of that man's cheerful eagerness to his salvation hallelujah this is a, today salvation has come home. There is a connection between his handling of wealth and his salvation. For Zacchaeus, 
when he invited Jesus home, he realized Jesus is greater than my wealth. Jesus is greater than my wealth. All these years, I was after this wealth. That is why I cheated. But today, I am going after this man. This is why Jesus said, salvation has come home today. Because he also is a son of Abraham. Because just like Abraham believed and it was credited to him as righteousness, Zacchaeus believed and Jesus credited to him as righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In contrast, we see in Matthew 19, another rich person, the rich young ruler in 16 to 22. I am not taking every verse. But he comes and says, good teacher, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? I don't know if it is a great question because we know that by doing anything good, we cannot inherit eternal life. Right? Anything that we can do to inherit eternal life? The answer is no. But Jesus said, why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. If you want to enter into eternal life, keep his commandments. Jesus was telling to him, keep the law. And jumping into verse 20. Jesus tells the law about him. Tells about the law. Verse 20, the man says, All these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? So he realized that he still lacks something. Jesus said, If you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Come, follow me. But the young man heard the saying, heard this word, the saying. He went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. This is in counterpart to Zacchaeus, another rich man. This guy was probably, he was very rich. The Bible says he was a ruler. He was a ruler. When God, Jesus recited the commandments, he said, I've kept them all. But still he lacked something. He came to seek what Jesus had to say. We all come to seek what Jesus had to say. But Jesus had something specific to tell about finances. Something specific. What was the thing that he lacked? He lacked Jesus. Zacchaeus lacked Jesus. This rich young ruler lacked Jesus. So that was his greatest lack. For the rich young ruler, his riches was his God. That is why Jesus said, go sell everything you have. I assure you that you will have a treasure in heaven. He went, the Bible says he went sorrowful at that word. Which means he rejected the, the, the teachings of the Lord Jesus. Zacchaeus and the, rich young, uh, and the rich young ruler was rich. But Zacchaeus became, when he encountered Jesus, he became a steward. Last week we heard about how we need to be a good steward. Today my topic is giving your money, giving your wealth, your finances as a steward of God. As a steward. Zacchaeus responded by being a steward. Lord, I know that you have given, I know I might have cheated, I want to restore fourfold. Whatever you give me, I want to, give, I want to receive that. Rich young man did not do so. I want to tell you, how do you handle your wealth can become a challenge in your spiritual birth and growth. 
It does not matter how much wealth we have. I want to tell you, it does not matter to God how much wealth you have. What matters is your attitude towards wealth. Your attitude towards wealth. That's what we saw last week too. Your attitude towards wealth. Your attitude towards wealth has an impact on your salvation. See, this rich young man, he liked Jesus. He wanted to come after Jesus. He wanted to, you know, receive the, 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 the word of Jesus. But because he loved his possessions more, he could not follow. Jesus said, you cannot have two masters. Either you master money, you are after money, you are, or you, are, uh, you, know, you love God. You love God or you love money. There is no in-between space. So I want to say, we are either on that side or we are on this side. There is no you know, in-between. Either we love God or we love money. And Jesus is warning us that if, you know, do not, do not love money. The Bible says in 1 John, do not love the world or anything in the world. So, I want to say, is money evil? Is wealth evil? Is money evil or wealth evil? The Bible does not say money is the root of all evil. It's not the root of all evil. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9 to 10, those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare. If any of you desires to be rich, I want to tell to you, the devil is jobless because we are ourselves going into falling into temptation. The devil does not need to do anything. We are headed to fall into a temptation. Oh, verse 10. For the love of money is the root of all kinds. Say all kinds. Kinds of evil which some have strayed from their faith in their greediness. They were in the house of God. They were in the faith. But now because they were greedy, they desired to be rich. They had the love of money. They have strayed and pierced themselves through many sorrows. Some of the reason why we have sorrow is because we have the love of money. The love of money. So the Bible says the money is not the problem. See, wealth, God gave wealth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God gave wealth. The clothes that you wear, the car that you drive, the house that you, you, know, you are staying, the, the, the job that you have, God is the one that gave it. Right? So God is not against it. What God is against is that we give a higher position to that. Hallelujah. Therefore, money is not the root of evil because the scripture says that the love for money is the root of all kinds of evil. So there are, we need to know what are the typical ways to handle wealth or how does people typically handle wealth. Okay? And I want to look into three aspects that, handle, that people uh, take to uh, handle wealth. The one is hoarding. H-O-A-R-D. Hoard. Hoarding. You know, uh, they just keep on adding wealth. You know, some traders, they want to hoard things, you know, so that when the price grows up, then they want to sell it. Yeah? So, they want to keep on adding wealth. For people, for people who hoard, they're never satisfied. Why? They want to keep adding. They want to keep adding. I remember this friend of grandmother of one of my friends. You know, in those days, I mean, then, uh, uh, she had this uh, keys to all the cupboards. And she used to hold it. And she used to keep that in a box. 
And she will sit on that box. The orders think they are the owner of their finances. Their own. It's all mine. They like to, now not only really that, they have hectares of land and they want to covet the riches, they want to covet the other person's one cent. Hallelujah. The rich, young, the rich young ruler was doing all the right things. He knelt before Jesus. The Bible says he knelt before. He probably asked the right questions. He was passionate to see the Lord. But he was holding. He was, you know, he was sitting on it. He was ruling on it. Rather, he was being ruled. They operate out of a spirit of pride. What is the spirit of pride? When it comes to a hoarder, he says that all is mine. Everything is mine. This is all belongs to me. I earned it. I, I got it through my inheritance. It belongs to my, you know, it is all mine, 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 mine. That's the spirit of pride. They think I alone earned it. Sometimes the spirit of poverty can come to a hoarder. He says that this, I only have little things. Look at that man. He's so rich. That's the spirit of poverty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God doesn't like hoarders. If God was a hoarder, hallelujah, he would not have sent his son. Hallelujah. And I would look at the second kind of way to handle wealth that we see in the world. They're spenders. They just want to spend it on themselves. You know, in the parable of the father and the lost son, the younger son, he spends everything that he has on himself. Uh, what I need, my body needs. He, he, he went and drunk and he was with the prostitutes. So whatever he wanted, he spent it on himself. There are people that just keep on spending. The spenders think that they can spend it because just like the hoarders, they think this is my money. They don't understand that this is God-given money. Hallelujah. They, the first people, they operated from a spirit of pride or a spirit of poverty. The spenders operate from a lack of self-control. They are a spirit of hastiness. You know, they want to, they want to buy the next stuff. I have this colleague, this, this friend of mine, uh, you know, every two years he changes his car. He looks at something that is latest in this market. He wants to sell his previous car, buy a new one. After two years, that car is now out of fashion. You know, till the, the other day, he was glorifying that current car. Suddenly, it is some, something happened. Now he wants to sell it, buy the next one, buy the next one, buy the next one. Constantly, you know, hasty. You know, they jump into one, from one to another one. The third one, hallelujah, which we heard last week, is stewarding. The wealth from God is to be stewarded in a right way. In other words, it needs to be managed in a right way. Abraham in the Bible was a steward. He gave one-tenth of what he had to Melchizedek. Zacchaeus, the moment he met Jesus, he said, Lord, I want to return something. I want to give back something. I want to bless the poor. I want to, bl- I, I, I want to return fourfold to those who I have cheated. Just accusing, I want to return fourfold. He became a good steward. The stewards operate from a spirit of gratitude. Hallelujah. Can we take a moment to thank God what we have? To thank God. I, want, I sense the Lord say, I want my church to be a church that is full of gratitude for the things that I have given them. Not complain for that, Lord, it's not come. Let's take a moment, every eye closed. I want you to thank God for what you have, whatever you have. 
whatever, even it might be little, but even for that, I want to say there is nothing little that God has given. God has given us so much. So much. Can we thank Him? Can we thank, you know, that's the first step to be a steward. Where you have a spirit of gratitude towards God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And they want to give. Because the Lord gave. The stewards want to give. Because the Lord gave. Because they know that I am not the owner of this money. I am not the owner of this wealth. It is the Lord that has blessed me. And therefore I want to give it back to the Lord. I want to give. You know, I say this to myself. I want to give because anyways everything belongs to the Lord. Anyways, everything belongs to the Lord. Now, it does not matter whether it is in this side or whether it is in Ariel, because anyways, everything belongs to the Lord. And who we are? We are the children of God. So, whatever God has is, is actually our souls. Right? So, anyways, everything belongs to God. So, it doesn't matter if it is with me or it is with somebody else. Everything belongs to the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus said, when God said to the people of Israel, you know, I want, you know, they were coming and sacrificing all these goats and, you know, all these animals week after week. So probably they complain and in Sam it is written, I, don't you know that I am the owner, I am the owner of the cattle on a thousand hills. You know, the cattle is his, his the hill is his, the earth is his, everything is his. He is the owner of a, a cattle on a thousand hills. See, so you giving, you know, say, we giving that, you know, today, I don't know, he's the, in today's language, it's like he is the owner of a thousand bitcoins, or a million bitcoins, or a million shares of what you have. He owns it. Right? So that's a steward. And I want to say the four aspects of being a steward. To be a good steward, you need to know four things. How to receive wealth from the Lord. That I just spoke about. When we receive wealth, we need to have that spirit of gratitude. We need to know that this is from the Lord, that He gave it. And when He tells me, I am willing to give it away. So how to receive wealth? The second and third I won't be discussing today. Maybe sometime else. How to save money or wealth that He is giving to us. How to invest money or wealth? The Bible talks about invest. You know, there was a guy with the, the five coins and the three coins and the one coin, the five. The Bible says he went and invested somewhere. And he made it ten. Second, he made it six. The last didn't do. So, investing your money or wealth. And the third, the fourth aspect is how to give your money or wealth. Because anyways, it is not for ours. It is coming and it is going. Our role is like that of a postman. That, you know, in my childhood days, this postman used to bring the uh, money order. Today it is replaced by the G-Pay or the phone pay. Huh? And uh, what is the post? The postman doesn't own the money. The postman is just there to deliver the money. Hallelujah. He's just there to deliver the money. And in the process, he may get a tip. I want to tell you, that as postmen of God, or postwomen of God, when we do what the Lord is telling us, His tip is enough to sustain us. Hallelujah. I have felt that in my life. His tip is enough. Amen. 
His tip is enough to sustain us. Hallelujah. You know, giving is portrayed as sometimes something that you do. So I'm going to focus on giving. Giving is often portrayed as something you do so that God can bless you. Something you do so that God can bless you. So now when you give, God has no option other than to bless you. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, according to the Bible, that we give because the Lord gives. I give because the Lord gave up everything. I give because it is the Lord's wealth in the first place. I give because I am a steward of His wealth. I give because one day I had to give an account for my finances. I don't look at the Bible. Abraham had a right attitude in the Bible. I look at the Genesis 14, verse 18 to 23. Why we need to give. Uh, or the attitude of giving. You know, Genesis 14, the context is that Abraham, Lot is taken as a captive. And uh, he goes and fights. He and his 300 trained men goes after and he brings Lot. And in Genesis 14, 18, Abraham was returning after the victory. And he says, and he sees Melchizedek. And he gives one, a tithe of all. Tithe means one tenth. He gave a one tenth of all to Melchizedek. And verse 21. So 18 to 23 is about 21 is about 20 is about Abraham blessing, uh, giving a tithe to Melchizedek. Uh, 21. The king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. Take the good for yourself. But Abram said to king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord God Most High, the possessor of heaven and earth. You know what he's saying? I've raised my hand to the one that everything belongs to him. I've raised my hand. And I will take nothing from a threat to a sandal strap. I will not take anything that is yours. Lest you shed say, I have made Abram rich. You know, Abram, he just gave a one-tenth of he had and he refused to receive something from the king of Sodom because he understood that was not from God. Abraham was not a getter. He was a giver. He was not a getter. He was not like, give me, give me, give me. He was not like that. I want to give. I want to give. Hallelujah. He was not a getter. He's not like, get, 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 give, give, give. No, 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 no. I want to give, give, give out, not take in. Hallelujah. That's the right attitude where he had, he wanted to give a tenth. No, no, I don't know if anybody told him about the uh, uh, tithe. He just understood that I have to give unto the Lord. You know, Melchizedek is a shadow of the Lord Jesus. It's a shadow Today many people say this tithe is only in the Old Testament, I, or, or it is before. It is you know it is through the law of Moses. It came before the law and the, the before the law and the prophets. Hallelujah! And we are the sons of Abraham. Hallelujah! We are the sons of Abraham. You now giving is for you to know where you stand. Hallelujah! You know I, I be studying on uh, theology and. Uh, I have some of the assignments to do and uh, some weeks I have assignments and I was thinking about the first assignment that I was first or second one. And I prepared this and I'm thinking, Lord, this is good. You know, just like God created the heavens and the earth and He saw it's good. I looked into my work and I thought it's good. And I submitted the paper and when the detailed evaluation, when my eyes popped a hole, so many wrong you know why that assignment was? The assignment is for me to realize that where I stand. 
No, God does not need our money. But God needs our heart. Hallelujah. The Lord does not need our money. But our giving is for us to know where we stand with regard to our love for money. Right? Is the giving is for me to know where I stand with regard for my love for money. Whether I am able to trust the Lord. Whether I am able to believe that my Lord can provide. Because if we don't give, hallelujah, if we don't give, we begin to think that I can do these things. You know, I can feed my family. I can, you know, uh, uh, provide. I can do this. I can do that. I can build houses. The giving is for you to know where you stand. God does not need. That is why he said to the Israelites, I don't need any of these bulls, bulls and goats. I owner, I'm, I'm the owner of a cattle on a thousand hills. God does not need the, uh, the, the, the money that you put every, ten, or every month that you put. Hallelujah. Because he is the ultimate owner of everything. Amen. He does not need. But what does he need? He needs us to know where I stand. And there is a monthly exam that comes in. Where God wants us to put with a heart of giving. Hallelujah. And when we go there, the mark list will be on. Let us not be surprised. Let us not be surprised. And that mark list is not based on how much you gave. It was the attitude with which we gave. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, there is a God's provision for the giver. Hallelujah. Luke 6 verse 38. It says, give. And it will be given to you. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over will be put into your bosom. For the same measure used, it will be measured back to you. You need to ask yourself today, why has God given to me what he has given to me? Why has God given to me what he has given to me? It's because God is a giver. If you are a giver, then God is looking. If you are a giver, that you are a cheerful giver, God is looking at you and saying, hey, that is somebody like me. You know why he wants you to give? So that you can become like him. Hallelujah. So there is a God provision for the giver. What is it? Give and it will be given to you. I want to tell you, God is not a debtor to anybody. He is not a debtor. He has only given us in surplus and surplus and surplus and surplus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whatever I have given into my life, I, am, I know that the Lord has multiplied it. Hallelujah. You know, I remember many years ago that um, after our first year in the marriage, I was supposed, uh, I was going to Hong Kong uh, to join an airline in Hong Kong. And, uh, and I looked into the salary. It was a pretty fat paycheck. And I looked into myself. That's good. Right, and uh, I was all set to go. I went to Bangalore, and I'm getting going to get my tickets in a couple of days. And I told my wife that my daughter was not born. I told my wife within two months I'll be taking you. I'm going to find a place. You know, I knew that I can, you know, get the house ready with my salary within one or two months. But something happened in Bangalore, and I had to come back. I couldn't join. Uh, I was. It was a dark phase in my life for one or two weeks. I was, I couldn't know, I didn't know what was happening. And I was, I got other, and I was, as I was coming back from Bangalore, 
I got other offers in Cochin or Trivandrum. I was asking Lord, Lord, where? And I said, Lord, and I felt the Lord saying to me, Trivandrum. Oh, and I'm thinking, Lord, Trivandrum, there is a restaurant where you hang out. Sorry for Trivandrumites. I thought like that. And the Lord said, be in Trivandrum. And that's how I came to WICC. And um, when I, and, and, and uh, as I was coming, I, I, this HR called me in this particular organization in Technopark. And I felt the Lord say, do not negotiate. Yeah? Um, um, so, do not negotiate. No, Nobin is an HR. His eyes lit up when somebody says like that. Uh, so, the HR was so happy. Saying that he was shocked. Uh, I said, Lord, can't I have a godly negotiation also? Abraham negotiated with the Lord. Can I have something like that? The Lord said, don't negotiate. So I didn't negotiate. He gave me much below. He, this was the opposite end of the previous paycheck. Much below. And the Lord was challenging me to give, give, give. And 50 to 60% of my per month salary went to giving. Giving into the Lord. And I had to survive with the 40%. And my daughter was being born, I was, you know, she was in the womb, she was coming and I was asking God, how can I meet my expenses? Because we are, we are barely making, you know, how you know that you barely make, you know, that the rest of that one, one week, two weeks that you, Lord, when is the next, the days are moving slowly, you're waiting for the paycheck. I've been there. And uh, so, uh, and she came along and I was just thinking, Lord, how is it possible? How are, is it possible? And I called upon the Lord. I want to tell you, the Lord did not increase my salary for three years. But the Lord provided supernaturally for my children because He is a God who is faithful. Amen. Amen. He is a God who is faithful. Looking back today, I have gratitude after gratitude because I don't know how. I really don't know how. Because the Lord was challenging me to offer. Give, give, give. You know, 60% is gone by giving. In those days I had an attitude, I mean a wrong attitude. But nevertheless, I saw the hand of the Lord. I saw the hand of the Lord. I want to tell you, God is not a taker. God is not a taker. Second Corinthians, it says, you know, what measure that you use will be measured back to you. That's why it says, good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, putting into your bosom. You know what? When God starts to give, he will be embarrassed. I look into the life of Solomon. I have never heard about such a buffet spread in my whole life. He had meats from, I don't know, from Jordan, from Syria, from everywhere. You look into the Bible. And the Lord blesses. Hallelujah. He can sometimes get embarrassed. Hallelujah. I don't know if you've been there. Uh, so, you know, Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10 to 11 says that he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for the food, and supply and multiply the seed you sowed. Increase the fruit of your righteousness. While you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving to us to God. What you sow, I want to tell you, what you sow is a seed. God is not going to eat that seed. Some of us, we give our tithes thinking, Oh, the boy. I don't want to, I want to tell you, God is not going to eat that seed. God is not a taker. I want you to listen to this. God is not a taker. God is not an eater. But God is a multiplier. He is a multiplier. Hallelujah. His provision for the giver is this, that he is a multiplier. 
He is not a taker. Our attitude is that God has taken this and he is going home. And I, I don't know, God is like a killjoy. He doesn't want me to. No, no, that is not the, what the Bible says. The Bible says that God is a multiplier. God is a multiplier. I want to talk about the five levels of giving. The first is tithe. Tithe means a tenth. It came before the law and the prophets. It is holy unto the Lord. Amen. It is holy unto the Lord. Our salary is actually 90% of what we get. Because the 10% straight away goes to the Lord. Okay. See the government takes TDS. Tax deducted at source. They don't ask you. Do they ask you? If, they, if you have any questions, they will come home. In the same way that the, the you know, that it is, we, there is another tedious, tight directed at source. Okay, we need to do that. Hallelujah. But God is not going to deduct it from straight away from our account. We need to give it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is a sign of your faithfulness. Tithe is a sign of your faithfulness. We, ex- you know, we express our faithfulness to our provider by giving one-tenth of what we have back unto the Lord for His work and His kingdom. Malachi 3, verse 8 to 10, it says like, Will a man rob God? In a way, I'm not taking line by line. If you, have, if you are taking that, it is me, it is, that is a way that you are robbing me. And in verse 10 it says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. That there may be food in my house. So where should I give the tithe? Whom should I give the tithe? It's a question that we often ask. Tithe is meant for the storehouse. And storehouse is a place where the food grains are kept. Your tithe is given to the place, is to be given to the place where the word of God is being fed to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a good practice to set, set apart our tithe. The you know, moment we receive, because why? The word of God is being taught and built up into our life. Hallelujah. I want to tell you that, you know, the, it, when God created the trees, it says that, you know, the, the, tree, the tree is there, the fruit is there, and the seed is there. But we don't eat the seed, do we? And I know there are some, some situations where we eat the seed. But generally we don't eat the seed. Why? The seed is for the next fruit. So you want to have the next fruit, you need to plant the seed. That is how God designed. So that's why God designed. So tithe is meant for the house that is spiritually feeding you. Hallelujah. The attitude. What is the attitude? The attitude we have is it's an uh, attitude of faithfulness. God, you have been so faithful. I want to give back to you. I believe that you provided. So, is that, so the tithe is for the, the local church that is feeding you, that is spiritually feeding you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Wherever you are being fed. So is tithe only meant for the local church? It can be for also for the other men and women of God who are building you spiritually. Hallelujah. Who are building you in your spiritual walk. You can bless them if they are a storehouse for you. Hallelujah. Is the tithe... Now, also Deuteronomy 26 verse 12. It says... But when you are finishing, lay aside all the tithe of your increase in the third year, the year of tithing, have given it to the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, to the widows, so that they may eat within your gates and be filled. The Lord wants us to be compassionate 
to the orphans to the widows and to the strangers hallelujah you know god wants god is a father to the fatherless and he is a husband to the widows so he wants through the church hallelujah he wants to you know he wants to uh, uh, bless them so we must take the responsibility to take care of the widows and the orphans in the church tithe is also for the levites in this context is those who do the work of the lord Many are willing to give to the people who come and fix repairs in their home. But many are hesitant to give to the laborers in the Lord's work. The Lord says, the tithe belongs to the Levites who serve the Lord. And not just that. So it's the Levites, it's orphans, widows, and it's also for the strangers. In Galatians 2 verse 10, they only asked us to remember the poor, the very eager thing, who Paul was also eager to do. There are many who do not belong to the family of God, but they don't have, they're not privileged like us. They're not privileged like us. And God also sees the church responsible to reach out to them, to feed them, to the strangers. So tithe is uh, meant for the, is for the storehouse, it's for the local church, the orphans, widows, strangers, to the Levites, to the strangers. And the second aspect of giving is offering. Offering. There is, so this is anything above the tenth. It is a sign of our love. Giving is a decision. You don't give tithe, it's robbing God. Giving, offering is a decision between you and God. It is a between you and God. Nobody needs to tell you how much you give. The Israelites gave offering while making the, the tabernacle. God will tell you where to give, how to give, when to give. So our offerings are important to the Lord. Hallelujah. In Exodus chapter 35, verse 5 to 9. Take from among you an offering of the Lord. Whoever is of a willing heart, let him bring us an offering to the Lord. Women, please remember, gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, scarlet thread, fine linen, goat's hair. Thank God, cars are not mentioned, just joking. The Lord wants us to give our offerings to the Lord. That's between you and God. The third aspect of giving is sowing. Sowing. You know, sowing is a sign of faith. It's an act of faith. Second Corinthians 9, we read that before, 6 to 11. He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Uh, verse 10, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food and so supply and multiply the seed that you have sown, increase the fruit of your righteousness. While you are enriched in everything for all liberality which causes thanksgiving through to the Lord. You know, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. God is not running a ration shop. He wants to bountifully bless you. But if you are giving like a ration, according to the scripture, you will reap sparingly. If you are doing wholesale, the Lord also deals with wholesale. Hallelujah. Uh, um, so I want to remind you, do not eat your seed. Do not eat your seed. Put your seed. And through my life, I have never seen where the Lord has not turned up. Lord will turn up at the right moment. And He knows. Hallelujah. And you know, sometimes these things, you might think, is only for full-timers or pastors. I want to say to you, Eve, I have to see, when I was working in Technopark, when I was also working in the corporate, I have seen the hand of the Lord. The Lord loves, the Lord's word is for everybody. Say it's for me too. It's for me too. 
Hallelujah. Sowing and reaping is a lifestyle. You know, we all like to reap. You know, if a harvest comes, we all like to reap. But I want to say that to you, only if you sow, you will reap. That's a biblical principle. And the fourth aspect of giving is sacrificial giving. You know, I love the scripture of Luke 21, verse 1 to 4. The Bible says the rich was putting their gifts into the treasury. You know, they were putting their gifts into the treasury. You know, when the rich put, and the Bible says uh, that, they, that they were giving out of their abundance. But there was a poor widow who had two mites. I don't know, maybe in, in today's terms, two one rupee coins. She put all that. And Jesus, I said, Jesus said, truly, I say to you. Which means, Jesus is saying, he's emphasizing, truly, this is so true. I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all. All these out of their abundance have put in offerings to God. But she put out of her poverty, out of the little that he had, put in all the livelihood that she had. You know, this incident, Jesus notices a poor widow. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus valued what she gave more than the rich in their abundance because she had to sacrificially give. Today, the Bible says, wherever, I believe, wherever the gospel is preached, this poor widow will be mentioned. Those rich is forgotten. When we go to heaven, we will meet this poor widow because she gave out of her little that she had. I want to assure you, church, it does not matter what, how much you give. It makes, it matters to God. The attitude, that's what we're trying to say from last week and this week. It's the attitude with which we give. We're going to give it cheerfully. We're going to give wonderfully. If possible, you know, before coming to church on that first Sunday, you know, just dance before the Lord and say, God, I, I want to thank you for what you have given. In those three years, I used to, you know, uh, because I had, I was like waiting on the Lord. I used to enjoy and, and rejoice and before giving it to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. And the fifth aspect is, so we have tithes, we have offerings, we have sowing, we have sacrificial giving, and the last is, we have ourselves. That is the greatest giving. Hallelujah. You might be a good giver, but if you don't give yourself unto the Lord, hallelujah, it is in vain. Romans 12, it says that, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Thank you. Hallelujah. And I remember, when I was coming full time, I had, and I heard the Lord saying to come, hallelujah, and serve in the house of God. And it was like this, come and serve in the vineyard of God. And I, I said, so God, it's all good, but how about the end of the month for my children? What will we do? So I, I just felt the Lord say, it is arrogance of my part to think that I was feeding my children all these years. It is arrogance on my part to think that I am the 
provider for my children. No, 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 no. It is not me. It is the Lord. Hallelujah. And I remember my mind went back to those three years where the Lord just supernaturally gave for my children. Hallelujah. I did not have to spend any penny on them. Hallelujah. The Lord just provided. Hallelujah. I just gave myself unto the Lord. I said, Lord, what you have called me for this. And I want to tell you, this September will be three years that God has been faithful from that day, not just from that day, from the moment I was born till today, I has been faithful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, whenever, whenever we give, there is a great joy. Whenever we hoard, hallelujah, the Bible says, there is sorrow awaiting for us. Don't choose sorrow, choose joy. Many of us want to have a control on our finances because we think that, you know, we're going to live by this. Man shall not live on salary alone. Can you say that? We think that we live by salary. Man shall not live on salary alone. Bread is in olden times. Today's man shall not live on salary alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And we think that we can live by salary. I want to tell you, we are headed for a disappointment if we are there. I want to look to a man who sowed, who, who, who gave. I want to close with this. Acts chapter 10, verse 1 to 4. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion, who was called the Italian regiment, a devout man, and a man who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people, prayed to God always. About the ninth hour he saw clearly in a vision. I want you to think that this, imagine that this is a Gentile, Gentile outside the covenant of Israel. He prayed to God. He saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming and saying to him, Cornelius! When he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said, Your prayers and your arms, which means your giving, has come in for a memorial before God. No, the angel is bringing more than an information. He's saying that your prayer and your giving has become a memorial. Hallelujah. You know what it means? That he saw something in the heavenlies. And he's saying there is something there. It's like a memorial before God. His sowing, his giving on earth created a memorial in heaven. His giving on earth, not just his giving his prayers, his giving on earth created a memorial in the heavens. Our giving can become a memorial before God in heaven. Not just our prayers, our giving too. That is why God chose the first man to receive this gospel. First Gentile to receive this gospel. God chose this house. And I'm thinking in my heart, what is that memorial like? I don't know. I cannot imagine. It's beyond my human imagination. But something in the heavens that the angel is taking and reporting to Cornelius. Cornelius, I've seen something in heaven. That's becoming Hallelujah. Today, let us not give out of obligation. Let us not give because of compulsion. Let us not give because of somebody has told you. Somebody has told you that you know, if you don't give, you will be cursed. No, that is not biblical giving. We give because the Lord is a giver. The Lord is a multiplier. The Lord can multiply. Amen. The Lord can multiply. 
it is god does not want our wealth he wants our heart and he wants us to know the state of our heart and we all stand up in the presence of god you know i want you to take a moment you know you don't need to give me anything but i want you to encounter god what i just read to you was the word of god you can respond to the word of god if you are not a giver i want you to think about the fact that god gave the best for you and whether you want to give unto the lord based on the word of god if you have not given with a cheerful heart with a heart that you know this is gone no 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 i want you to take a moment to repent last lot of forgiveness but whatever little i am putting and it, and when i am saying giving is not just about money it's about resources it's about your time it's about your children it's about your family it's about your prayer it's about your talents it's everything i would we, we have to the greatest giving is we giving ourselves and these and includes these things many of you are thinking god that you give me something then i'll give i want to tell to you there is a scripture that says seek first the kingdom of god and all these things will be added unto you added unto you. seek first the kingdom thank you lord every eye closed Lord, I want to break the spirit of poverty from the house of God. Every eye, we were struggling with finances. There might be a crack in the foundation which the Lord wants you to rectify. You can ask for forgiveness if you are not given the way that God has intended for you. I, I want to tell you, it will be you and God. I want to break the spirit of poverty in our midst. When Satan comes and takes what we have. I want to cut every access. I want to cut every access for Satan. He has no right. He has no right by the blood of Jesus. Lord, we are protected our, our, our wealth, our health, our inheritance, everything protected by the name of, by the blood of Jesus. I want to break the spirit of poverty. You know, I want to declare that God wants to as to walk in abundance not in poverty even though we might be even though there might be a season where we have little there might be a season where we have little it is there but generally god wants us to walk in abundance 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 i pray abundance there abundance provision abundance abundance rabanandana radarandiyana khabarandiyana balarandiyana radarandiyana shakarandiyana Father, I want to thank you that this word of God set us free, Lord. And let the word of truth reach our hearts, settle our hearts. We pray, Father, that we will not go into a wrong doctrine, that we will stick to the word of God. Let this be the guiding light to why we put in what you tell in our hearts, Father. I want to pray, Father, that we would be a giving church, not just in finances, but in every area. Every area, we would be a giving church. We would not be a, just like Israelites in a pole, getting 
people are left. A giving people. A giving people. I pray a giving, 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 giving people. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wicc.in. 